0: Alrighty, it is that time in the show where we meet up with our friends over at Black Locks Reporter where we get all the good little juicy little tidbits that don't get much attention, but they absolutely should because they are the stories that matter. And, of course, the guy doing a lot of the digging is Mr. Tom Korski who is the managing editor. And, uh, Tom, what do you think of the election?
1: Uh, Well, there'll be another one soon, won't there? (laughs) Because Parliament will be at each other's throats. Uh, There is sort of a cynical jubilation by Cabinet And, of course, opposition, all parties, uh, who we understand represent, uh, that would be approximately 68% of the electorate, are enraged. So uh, wait for the light and heat and uh, the fireworks right off the bat, right out of the gate, Alex.
0: Yeah, no kidding. And, um, well, the good news is, though, Tom, it's a a minority, so we can get right back to doing what we were doing before, which is talking about all the scandals and cover-ups and corruption. So there is that.
1: Oh, wait for the document disclosures! Sure, absolutely, no. There will be assignees to these committees uh, that will want, for instance, those nine hundred ninety thousand <laughs> documents that were concealed by the prime minister's office on pandemic mismanagement. You know, I, I know that there's this mythology out there that, you know, we, you know, the campaign's over and now. Now everyone's going to work together for Canada. I people who say that uh, betray uh, a, a sad lack of awareness about human nature.
0: I think you're saying they're stupid. Never mind. Anyway, you did not say that. Uh, But let's get into it. Speaking of pandemic uh, issues, you guys have dug up an interesting one. Political aides in the prime minister's office offering a sole source pandemic contract to Tesla. And they did by text. So apparently uh, Elon Musk got his hands on ventilators from China. And then you had the prime minister's staff texting him saying, "Uh, we're working all our pathways to get more supply here in Canada. If you have access or avenues to get ventilators, that would be most appreciated. We'll pay, of course. Of course uh, we well, will pay. <laughs> <laughs> well, that would be nice. I'm sure he's not going to do it for free, but since when do we do sole source pandemic contracts for hundreds of millions of dollars by text?
1: A uh, sweetheart contract by text. That's a new one for me. And it went to a uh, liberal party uh, former fixer, director of policy for an Ontario Liberal Environment Minister, Glenn Murray, who then in twenty seventeen mm. went to work for Tesla. So, we everyone knows the secret handshake. You know, anybody <laughs> who wonders how does it work in Ottawa? Why? Why do, How come no one returns my calls? But then I see other guys getting hundreds of millions of dollars in sweetheart contracts. This is how it works. So, so some people, some people, special people will get a text. With an offer of a federal contract, of course we will pay, wrote Sarah Goodman, climate advisor to the prime minister of a G7 country, and indeed they arranged a secret, a a, a series of confidential meetings between Tesla executives and the Department of Public Works and Industry. Isn't life grand? Alex.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, Tesla does very well uh, by this government. They made $125 million in federal subsidies in just two years. And uh, they looked at this as saying, hey, this could be a win. And uh, if you can do it, uh, we'll throw more business your way. I, it, it's a little shady by half.
1: It's, it's close, isn't it? It's a little close. And, and, and that went on for the last year and a half. Uh, you know, I've always said, uh, Alex, how many times have we discussed this? If the okay. pandemic was an absolute disaster, a calamity, a catastrophe for thousands, hundreds of thousands of people in Canada. For some people, it was the best thing that ever happened. They got rich off it.
0: No kidding. Um, and it's crazy because we have talked a lot about the pandemic mismanagement, which was also outlined for anyone who thinks this is partisan in the auditor general's r- uh, report last spring saying they did a terrible job in the first year of this, um, which then kind of speaks to the other story you guys, uh, you know, dug up about, you know, the fact that this government knew that they had a huge shortage of masks and they would have to ration them. And so public health agency documents, um, you know, here they're, telling Canadians, don't worry about masks, you don't need them, you know, it's more dangerous to have them. Um, You've got the Prime Minister on March 11th saying, we're the best prepared, and they fully knew we weren't.
1: They knew uh, tragically, they say within days in internal documents, within days of the outbreak of the pandemic, that there was a massive shortage, their words, massive shortage, that we're going to have to decide who gets the priority? They're, they're already looking at rationing. The interesting part, Alex, is at the time, Dr. Tam and her famous daily television appearances at that time said, you don't need a mask. She said, I don't even think masks are safe. There's no science. This was justified as scientific advice from the number one public health scientist for the government of Canada. The question has always been, did Dr. Tam say that not Mm -hmm. because everyone knew the Communist Party in Wuhan knew you have to wear a mask in a pandemic? Did she say that because they had no masks to give? In other words, was it politically convenient to masquerade this as up to date scientific advice? MPs have circled around that question on the Commons Health Committee for months, and they've never gotten a straight answer. The implications are not pretty, are they? The implications are, are, are actually pretty dark.
0: Well, the implications would suggest that they it's a massive cover-up and that they put the public health at risk to cover their rear ends, but yet they just won another election on Monday night.
1: And who thinks anything will change? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. There's, there's, there's no change in the lineup, but you know there is one difference, and that is, um, you, you bring it back to the election, Alex. There is going to have to be some reckoning on the pandemic mismanagement, and we know you're not going to get it from cabinet. The cabinet w- w- would be triumphant. They would be absolutely giddy with their win albeit with 32% of the popular vote, a record low. But there are MPs who do raise these serious questions about accountability, which used to matter in this town, and about consequences. And like I say, the minute the House comes back, they're out of the gate on that.
0: Yeah, the problem is um, the electorate clearly doesn't care about, you know, wrapping knuckles and keeping people accountable um, because the message has somehow gotten baked in, Tom, that this government did a great job with pandemic mismanagement. I mean, it's just Jason Kenney who's the antichrist. But like there's so much um, there's so many mistakes at the federal level as well that it's like but it gets ignored. It's I, I find it strange to say the least.
1: Although, Alex, it's interesting when you go through the, the returns, the polling returns, and we did to the detail that is possible until you can literally see poll by poll, street by street. You know who elected uh, this 44th parliament who gave the Liberals the minority government? It was the city of Toronto, 25 of seats. Course this land is this land is their <laughs> land. Uh, <laughs> yeah. the, the, the Liberals got 51% in Toronto proper, not, not the suburbs, mm-hmm. the city of Toronto, 25 seats, clean sweep that's the minority think about that isn't that interesting this makes them happy in calgary winnipeg new westminster mount pearl charlottetown halifax everyone's really really happy that toronto for the second time elected a minority liberal government
0: well how do you think i feel they're all my neighbors i'm I'm buried in downtown toronto it's like a a wall of red and again it's just like okay yeah no they're great they're really great he literally looks good it's They're all doing a great job. And Chrystia Freeland's so nice. That's like, that's about as deep as it gets. I wanted to touch on this quickly. Don't have a lot of time, but the CBC getting its knuckles wrapped. And they've admitted that they manufactured this article against the Lethbridge MP, uh, who they accused of spreading uh, misinformation about COVID deaths in Alberta. This all has to do with a a column that was written by Anthony Fury. um, And Rachel Harder put it on her Facebook. And it was that COVID deaths occurred in those with, uh, you know, underlying issues like diabetes cancer. Or hypertension or dementia, and the reporter on it, uh, you know, eviscerated this uh, MP. Um, you know, could have cost her an election, but nonetheless, the CBC now admits uh, we torqued it.
1: It was the mea culpa from a network that was interesting. Yeah, the, the the story itself was, you know, some people would characterize it fairly, I think, as a hit job. Mm. The uh, the story stated that this MP, Rachel Harder from Lethbridge, was. Uh, ignorant, callous, unfeeling to people with pre-existing conditions. Really a monster, let's just be frank. Mm. Uh, unfortunately, all the information was inaccurate. Um, the uh, CBC ombudsman, no less, said, not our best work. An editor in Calgary expressed regrets. Th- mm. This is the thing about accountability, isn't it, Alex? It's it's, it's only nice in theory. In practice, it it, it hurts people's feelings. And CBC... Uh, gosh, that's a lot of explaining to do on this story. I'll tell you, I know you got to go. You always ask yourself in the newsroom every time you do a story, you look for reasons not to do the story. And if you can't think of any, and I mean seriously, if mm-hmm. you can't think of any, you got a hell of a story. CBC didn't do that. They couldn't wait to run this to really slander this MP from Lethbridge.
0: Yeah, no kidding. Well, nonetheless, um, they'll still get their billion and a half dollars, and, uh, and that'll be a wrap. Tom, always appreciate it. Thank you very much. And get back to your digging.
1: Thanks, Alex.
0: Tom Gorski, managing editor over at Blacklock Reporter. They will. You may, might want to send them some shovels because they got a lot to dig through these days. Uh, of course, it's a subscription based uh, magazine, but they do the digging and they get the goods. When we come back, Joe Biden says the U.S. has no closer ally than Australia. Hello. Canada's back? No, no, no. We are being sidelined by our allies. We'll talk about that. Stay with us here. Alex Pearson on point. And this is Global News Radio.